You're listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Kobernack. It is our desire that you will be helped by this Bible message. John 21 in your Bibles, we find in this passage, we find a a true heart-to-heart that Jesus has with Peter. Now, I must say, when we, we talk about Peter, oftentimes uh, we usually talk about him, and I shouldn't say usually, sometimes talk about him in a negative context. But how many of you are glad that all your conversations with God are not recorded in Scripture for the world to see, right? And you say, well, I don't say it out loud. No, but God knows the thoughts and the intents of our heart. And boy, sometimes we, we do wrestle with God. Sometimes we do struggle with God. Sometimes we do ask things like, why did this happen, or why didn't this happen, or whatever it may be. Well, Peter was one that we know Peter during his life, we saw it this morning, that when Jesus said, who do you say that I am? It was Peter that said, thou art the Christ. And in his very next breath, he rebuked Jesus. Uh, Peter was one of those that he had his, his, his mountaintops and he had his valleys. You know, I think a lot of us, if we're honest, I think we go through that. I think there's times where you feel like you could, you could, you could conquer any mountain, and then there's times where you just want to hang out in the valley and not do anything. Peter was a man that had those kinds of struggles. Peter made the statement to Jesus. He said, these guys, may, every one of them, they may all deny you, but not me. It's not going to be me, Jesus. I will never deny you. I will die for you. And you know what happened. Peter denied the Lord three times. The Bible says that Jesus had predicted this would happen. And when Peter denied the Lord that third time, the Bible says that the rooster crowed and Peter remembered the words of the Lord. And uh, Peter uh, faced that, 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 that feeling of failure and disappointment. And, And how could I do something so terrible? And that was at the trial. Then Peter witnessed uh, Jesus on the cross. And, of course, after the cross, the Bible says that Jesus rose from the dead. Aren't you glad for the resurrection story? The Bible says says that when Jesus rose, that Peter and the other disciples, they raced to the tomb to see, and they saw that the tomb was empty. The Bible tells us in John 21 that in verse number 14, this is now the third time that Jesus showed himself to his disciples after that he was risen from the dead. Now, Jesus appeared many times after the resurrection. Uh, He appeared to Mary. Uh, He appeared on that Sunday night. He appeared to all those disciples that were there in that room. And, of course, he said to them, peace. Isn't that amazing? If, If we were Jesus, we probably said, what's your problem, you bunch of rascals? How come you denied me? But aren't you glad that Jesus is not like we are? Aren't you glad that Jesus' words to those disciples who had forsaken him and fled and those who had abandoned him and those that had denied him, he said, hey, peace. He said, it's all going to be okay. And friend, I want to tell you, as long as Jesus Christ is in the equation, it's all going to be okay. He's got it all under control. And he said to those disciples, peace I, I, I give unto you. But the Bible tells us in Luke, and the Bible also says in 1 Corinthians, that on the day that Jesus rose from the dead, He appeared to Peter. Now, it doesn't say what Jesus said to Peter. 
And it doesn't say what Peter said to Jesus, but it says that Jesus appeared to Peter. So now we get to John 21, and we see that, verse number 1, Jesus showed himself again to the disciples. And the Bible says there were together Simon Peter, Thomas, Nathaniel, the sons of Zebedee, there's five, and then two others, if I did my math right. And so it's seven disciples, and, and, and Peter says to those disciples, he says, I'm going fishing. Well, the other six, they said to Peter, they said, we're also going with you. Now, this is not a trick question, but how many of you know there is nothing wrong with going fishing? Okay, I thought I'd get some amens on that. There's nothing wrong with going fishing, and that's not the problem in this story. The problem is that it indicates that Peter had gone back from following God, and he had gone back to his old occupation. He'd gone back to his old way of life, and he said, I'm going fishing. And the guys said, we're also going to go with you. Well, you know the story. Jesus appeared uh, there on the shore, and after they had uh, fished all night, they caught nothing. And so Jesus uh, stood on the shore, and he said, have you any meat? And they said, no. And verse 6, he said, cast the net on the right side of the ship, and ye shall find. And the Bible says, they cast therefore." And now they were not able to draw it for the multitude of fishes. The Bible says in verse number 8 that they had to drag their nets uh, because of all the fish that they caught. The Bible says in verse number 12, Jesus saith unto them, Come and dine. And none of the disciples durst ask him, Who art thou, knowing that it was the Lord? Jesus then cometh and taketh bread and giveth them and fish likewise. This is now the third time that Jesus showed himself to his disciples after that he was risen from the dead. Then we get to verse number 15, and we find that this conversation is not with the disciples collectively, but this conversation is a one-on-one. -on -one. It's Jesus and Peter. And I want to preach for a few minutes this evening on this subject, the question of love. Jesus asks Peter three times. He says, Peter, do you love me? You know, tonight, I think that's the question that every one of us need to answer honestly. Do we really love the Lord? Now, I know we would say it. If we were to pass out cards, do you love Jesus, yes or no? I hope it would be unanimous, yes. But what we say and, and, and how we respond and what we write and what we text and all those, that's fine. But the true test of love is not found in what we say. But the true test of love is found in how we live. The true test of love is found in what's in, in our heart. What, what is it really inside that Jesus knows? Father, I pray that you'd help us as we look at the question of love tonight. I pray that we would be able to answer that, yes, indeed, we do love you. And, yes, we are uh, willing to show that love and to prove that love. I thank you that you proved your love for us on the cross. Lord, I pray that you'd help us tonight to increase in our love. May we be drawn closer to you, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I see in this passage that Jesus had been crucified. He rose from the dead, and Jesus just keeps on showing up. Aren't you glad for the times when Jesus has showed up in your life? Uh, the times when you needed him the most. The times when there was nobody else to turn to and Jesus showed up in the middle of your storm. He, he showed up in the middle of your problem. He showed up in the middle of your valley. Aren't you glad that Jesus shows up? And when Jesus shows up, I want to tell you, that's when we get the real victory. 
We can work and we can try and we can organize and we can plan and we can try to get everything figured out. But unless Jesus shows up, our lives are destined for failure. Our church cannot succeed. Uh, the work of God will not go on if we try to do it apart from Jesus. Jesus said, without me, ye can do nothing. I'm glad for the times that Jesus shows up. He showed up to Peter. He showed up to the disciples. Then we get to verse number 15. It says, when they had dined, Jesus saith to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me more than these? He saith unto him, yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He saith unto him, feed my lambs. Verse 16, he saith unto him again the second time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? He saith unto him, yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He saith unto him, feed my sheep. Verse 17, he saith unto him the third time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? Peter was grieved because he said unto him the third time, lovest thou me? And he said unto him, Lord, thou knowest all things. Thou knowest that I love thee. Jesus saith unto him, feed my sheep. Number one, I want you to notice the subject or the question of love. Jesus called Peter, but he didn't say Peter. He called him Simon. I wonder if that was a, a, a name that Jesus called him because that was who he was before he met Jesus. While he was a fisherman, he was Simon. When he was a fisherman, he was the son of, uh, of Jonah, Simon Bar-Jonah. And so Jesus is, is talking to Peter publicly. You say, why is he talking to, to Peter publicly? Why is he embarrassing Peter publicly? This is not a public rebuke, but this is a public restoration. You see, Peter had denied the Lord three times, and Jesus knows that Peter is going to be the one to preach Pentecost. And he's got to make it very clear to all the disciples. He's got to make it clear to everybody there that this Peter had been a failure. This Peter had dropped the ball, but this Peter, Jesus was not done with him. This Peter would go on to serve God and to do great and mighty things. So the restoration is made public. And he asks him three times, do you love me? Now, in the Greek, and I, I've heard this many times, and I've studied it, and, and it's absolutely true. In the Greek, when Jesus said, do you love me, he used the word that is an agape love. It is a, a selfless love. It is an unconditional love. And aren't you glad tonight that when Jesus says he loves us, aren't you glad that's an unconditional love? Aren't you glad that's a selfless love that Jesus loves us with? But Peter answered, and he said, Jesus Yes, I love you. And Peter used the word phileo, which is a, uh, where we get the, uh, the name Philadelphia, the city of brotherly love. And Peter said, yes, Lord, you're my friend. Yes, Lord, I like you a lot. Yes, Lord, uh, I I'm there with you. But Peter didn't answer saying, yes, I love you with a, a selfless, unconditional love. You say, why not? Maybe Peter was timid after what had just happened a few days earlier. Maybe Peter was afraid again of sticking his foot in his mouth. Maybe he was afraid of overcommitting. Before he said, I'll never deny you. And then he did it three times. For whatever the reason, Jesus asked the question, do you love me? And Peter says, I'm your friend. And Jesus says, if you love me, I want you to feed my lambs. That's interesting. Peter was a fisherman. But Jesus said, we're not catching fish anymore. Now we're feeding sheep. Uh, we're not catching fish. That you catch the fish and what do you do with them? Got to kill them, right? 
Well, aren't you glad that we're in the business where we see people get saved and not for their life to end, but for their life to get good. We're in the business of seeing people saved and, and they become the sheep of God's pasture and we, we feed them. And this word feed, it means to feed, to tend to, to lead, to guide. And all of us ought to be in the business of feeding the sheep. We all ought to be in the business of helping God's people to grow. But he says, if you love me, you're going to help. You're going to feed my sheep. But then the second time he says, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? He saith unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. But again, he uses the word phileo, a brotherly love, a, a, a friendship kind of a love. Jesus says, feed my sheep. And then the third time, he said, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? Peter was grieved because he said unto him the third time, lovest thou me? And he said unto him, Lord, thou knowest all things. Time out. This is where Peter's getting honest with Peter. This is where Peter is coming to grips with reality. Did you know lip service doesn't really mean a whole lot? You can say you love God. I can say I love God. But the truth is, if we love him, it's going to be evident in our lives. If we truly love somebody, we are going to do what is necessary to prove that love. Not because we're working for salvation, but because we're working from salvation. Because if Jesus would love me and die for me, how much should I be willing to do for him because of what he's already done in my life? But Peter says, Lord, you know. And friend, I want to tell you, God does know our heart. He does know our motives. You see, Jesus didn't even have to ask Peter because Jesus wasn't trying to gather information. He was asking Peter so that Peter could come to the point in his life where he got honest with himself. And I wonder tonight if you could get honest with yourself. Now, I believe that there's probably been a time that you, you have loved Jesus. I hope you love him tonight. But if we're honest with ourselves, sometimes that love gets cold, doesn't it? Sometimes we find we get in love with the work of God and we fall out of love with God himself. Sometimes we, we love the things that God gives us and we love the things that God blesses us with. But if God took all those things away, we'd find out real quickly if we really love God or if we just love the things he gives us. And do you love him? He knows. He said, Lord, thou knowest all things. Jesus saith unto him, feed my sheep. We see the question of love. Back in verse number 15, he said, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me more than these? I think he was probably referring to the other disciples. And you say, why would Jesus ask, Peter, do you love me more than these other disciples love me? Probably because Peter had claimed at one time that he did love Jesus more. When he said, I'll never deny you, I'll die for you, and all these other guys, they might do it, but not me. But I got good news for you tonight. Did you know you don't have to love Jesus more than the person sitting next to you? As a matter of fact, it's not a competition. As a matter of fact, we don't have a ranking in our church. Like, let's see, who loves Jesus the most? We'll put their name at the top. And then every week, you know, we'll, 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 we'll shoot for first place to see who can be the number one. No, 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 no. You don't have to love Jesus more than anybody else. You just have to love Jesus with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. And the question is the question of love. And I want to ask you tonight, do you love Jesus? 
You don't have to tell me if you love Jesus, but I want you to tell him. You know, we sing these songs. I love singing these songs with the, the children's choir, and we sing them in elementary chapel, and we'll sing them sometimes in our family devotions. We'll sing those songs like, Oh, how I love Jesus. I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord, because of Calvary. And can I tell you, I hope you can sing those songs and mean those songs. I hope you can pray and say, Lord, I love you. Lord, we love you. And Lord, uh, we're, we're so thankful for what you've done. And I hope it's a prayer. I hope it's uh, an, 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 admonition, uh, an admission of something that is true and genuine from the heart. Do you love him? Number one, I see the love. But it doesn't end there as Jesus gives Peter the test of love or the question of love. But then we get to verse number 18. And after Peter tells Jesus, Jesus tells Peter, he says, feed my sheep, meaning that Jesus had a work for him to do and Peter would uh, preach and Peter would uh, see many saved and he would see many trained and he would write the books of First and Second Peter. He would do so much for the Lord. But then he says in verse 18, verily, verily, I say unto thee, when thou wast young, thou girdest thyself and walkest whither thou wouldest. But when thou shalt be old, thou shalt stretch forth thy hands, and another shall gird thee, and carry thee whither thou wouldest not. This he spake, verse 19 is the, the explanation of what Jesus was saying. But this spake he, signifying by what death he should glorify God. And when he had spoken this, he saith unto him, follow me. Jesus says, Peter, when you were young, you could do what you want to do. How many remember those days when you were young and you could do whatever you wanted to do, right? My wife and I, we used to, we used to laugh. Of course, we didn't have children for the first nine years we were married. And, uh, and we, we thanked the Lord for those years. But we prayed and prayed that God would give us a baby. And, of course, God blessed us with twins, Lacey and Savannah. And then after Lacey and Savannah, Chloe and Kylie and Micah. And they're all precious gifts from the Lord. We love them. But we remember the days when we could hop in the car and go somewhere at the drop of a hat. We didn't have to plan. We didn't have to get a diaper bag. We didn't have to get a stroller. We didn't have to get a car seat. We didn't have to do any of that stuff. Uh, Miss Debbie, you were kind enough this week to watch Micah while Joanna was gone. And I'm telling you, I felt like I was moving half the house over there just for a couple hours, you know. It's not easy. Uh, when you're young, you can do whatever you want to, right? But the older you get, you got more responsibilities. You got more things you've got to think and plan and oh, am I going to do this and what about this and what about this and you got to figure all that out. But Jesus was telling Peter, he says, when you're old, he says, you're not going to be the one making the decisions for yourself. He said, there's going to be somebody else making decisions for you. He said, as a matter of fact, they're going to tie you up. They're going to lead you away and you're going to die on a cross. By the way, Peter had just experienced, from a distance, he'd experienced what that was like. He saw Jesus be scourged and beaten, and, and he knew about Jesus being on the cross. And so Peter was, was told that that's the way he was going to die. And the Bible says that in his death he would glorify God. And when he had spoken this, he saith unto him, follow me. I see not only love, but I see the question of loyalty. Peter, are you going to be loyal? Are you going to follow? It says in verse 19, follow me. Verse 22, follow thou me. You see, we can and we should glorify God in our life and in our death. 
Paul said, for to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. And your life ought to glorify God. But friend, when we die, when our funeral service takes place, there ought to be a time where God is glorified. It ought to be a time that people look at our lives and say, there is somebody that was faithful. There was somebody that was consistent. There was somebody that loved God. May God help us to be loyal. Peter had followed Jesus in the past. Remember when Peter had followed Jesus afar off. But now Jesus is challenging Peter. He says, Peter, if you love me, I want you to follow me. And friend, I want to say, if we love Jesus, our theme for the year is to follow Jesus. And that ought to be our heartbeat. Every day when we get up, we ought to say, where are you leading me today, Jesus? What do you have for me to do today? And we must be willing to follow him. Jesus is challenging Peter to follow. But then we get to verse number 20. Jesus has asked Peter, do you love me? He has challenged Peter to follow me. And then verse 20. I don't know if... Peter had been diagnosed with ADHD. I'm not sure exactly what was going on here. But verse 20, Peter, almost without answering Jesus, without responding to Jesus, when Jesus said, follow me, Peter looks around and he sees John and he says, what about him? What's he going to do? Now, friend, I got to tell you this. If Jesus is speaking to you, if Jesus is speaking to me, you don't have to worry about what anybody else is going to do. As a matter of fact, isn't it great that you don't have to worry about everybody else? Now, we live in the age of social media, and so everybody feels like it's their job, like they've got to monitor everybody and all that. Friend, I want to tell you, we got enough work just keeping our own backyards clean. But Peter says to, to the disciple whom Jesus loved, he said, uh, 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 he said, uh, what shall this man do? What about John? What's his story? What's going to happen to him? I think we understand that Peter was competitive. <laughs> I think we understand that Peter was curious. Peter had to know right now, what about John? You told me about me, but what about John? And I want you to look at Jesus' answer, verse 22. Jesus saith unto him, if I will that he tarry till I come, what is that to thee? Follow thou me. Number three, and I'm done. Not right now, but I'm done when this point's done. That's where I've been trying to get for the last 20 minutes. This might be the hardest for some of us because I think sometimes we, we say, I do love the Lord. I do want to follow the Lord. But sometimes, number three, we have a real hard time just letting go. And you know what Jesus told Peter? He said, don't worry about it. Don't even worry about John. Don't even worry about the other disciples. Peter, you need to worry about you. And that's why Jesus said, follow thou me, meaning you follow me, and don't you worry about everybody else. Now, let's be honest. Sometimes we think everybody else's life is our business, right? We've got a lot of Christian detectives out there, a lot of CIA agents in the church. You know, we've got to figure out everything. Well, how about this? 
John, the Apostle John, his race was going to be very different from Peter. Peter was going to be crucified. Historians tell us he was crucified upside down. Because when it came time for him to die, he said, I'm not worthy to die like Jesus. And he requested that he be placed upside down when he died on that cross. That was his race. But John's wasn't like that. John was thrown into a, a pot of boiling oil and he survived. And because he survived, of the people who were so terrified, they said, we're shipping him off to a, a desert island. We're going to uh, exile him on Patmos. We can't have this guy around. We're not sure what he's going to do. And it was on the island of Patmos that John received the revelation of Jesus Christ. His race was very different from Peter's. And friend, if we're not careful, we will start to compare ourselves with everybody else. If we're not careful, uh, we will uh, not be content with who we are and who God made us because we're looking at what everybody else has. Contentment is the enemy. A comparison is the enemy of contentment. May God help us. You say, but pastor, somebody else has nicer things. Somebody else has a better job. Somebody else has better health. Somebody else has more friends. Somebody else has more recognition. And I want to tell you, welcome to life. If you live your life always comparing, there will always be somebody with more. You say, Pastor, I'm glad you're saying this to the young people. Well, I'm glad I'm saying it to the old people. Because we all need it. Because if we're not careful, we won't be content with what God has given us. And we always want more. And we're always comparing with somebody else. When God says, if I bless them, what is that to thee? If I do something more for them or something different for them, don't you worry about it. In essence, Jesus is saying, Peter, it's none of your business. Peter, don't worry about John. Just let go of all that stuff and focus on following me. Acts 20, 24, Paul said, but none of these things move me. Neither count on my life dear unto myself so that I might finish my course with joy. Did you know my course, my race is different from your race and your race is different from my race. Now, there are some things that are the same. There are some things that we all should be doing. We all should be reading the Bible and praying and we all should be soul winning. And we all should be coming to church and serving God and giving and we ought to be doing those things. But the path is going to look a little different for everybody because we're all different. Philippians 3, Paul said, I'm forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. Be careful in the Christian life when you start to compare or you'll start to become jealous. You'll start to become bitter you'll become judgmental. You'll say, well, if God's blessing them, there must be something in their life that's not right or they wouldn't have all that stuff. Well, you know, it's not fair that this happened to them and this happened to me and, and I, lost a, I lost a loved one and they've got their loved ones. And if we're not careful, we will, we will hold on to these things and allow these things to make us bitter, to make us angry, to cause us to be discontented, when in reality, all we have to do is follow God. That's it. As a matter of fact, that's our theme for the whole year, for this reason. You just have to follow Jesus. You don't have to follow every church member. You don't have to follow every ministry. You don't have to follow every person. You don't have to follow every idea. You just have to follow Jesus. And if you'll follow Jesus, I promise you, you will not be disappointed. But if you're going to focus on everybody else, it will eat your lunch. Let's, let's, let's talk about this and we'll wrap it up. 
Did you know for Peter, his race was different from John? We already talked about that. What about Paul? Paul wrote most of the New Testament. If Peter would have compared himself to Paul, who obviously came on the scene later, but if Peter would say, well, that's not fair. Paul gets to write all the New Testament, most of it. Paul says, well, that's not fair. You got to preach Pentecost. And they both say, that's not fair. John got the revelation. And they all go back and say, yeah, but what about John the Baptist? Jesus said he was the greatest that was ever born of women. Friend, it never ends. And if you can't, let go. If you can't just keep your eyes on Jesus, if you get your focus on everybody and everything else, you will be miserable and I will be miserable. But if you keep your eyes on Jesus, you will, as Acts 20 says, you will be able to finish your course with joy. And may God help us to do that. Let's love him tonight. Let's stay loyal to him. Let's follow him. And then let's be willing to let go. But what about him? Don't worry about him. What about her? What about that? What about this? It's okay. God will take care of all that. Just keep your eyes on him. Thank you for listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Coburnett. For more information about our ministry, please visit our website at vbcrr.org. May God bless you as you serve him this week. Thank you.